Test, test.
Okay, okay. How's everyone doing? What's going on? All that good stuff. Um, just waiting for Q to show up. So let's see what happens. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the show Loki. Tomorrow we're going to do what's it called? White Lotus. I wanted to do White Lotus every Monday. So instead of trying to do a whole season of a show in one sitting, I figured some shows, let's just do them week by week. So going forward, like Sunday night is when White Lotus debuts and Monday was when I wanted to talk about it with y'all. But yeah, that's tomorrow and every Monday going forward until the show ends. And I also want to do another show, but I don't know enough if enough people watch it. Because it's on Apple Plus, but it's an interesting, no, Apple TV, not everything is plus. But it's an interesting show. It's called, um, what's it called? It's about work. What, why am I drawing a blank? Anyone in the chat remember what this thing is called? I just saw, you think I remember the name of it. Um, it's a single word, but it's not succession. That's on HBO. I have to look it up. Uh, Severance. That's what it is. I keep wanting to call it succession because it's one word and it starts with an S, but it's severance. And it's about like the mundanity of corporate work, but it's like a sci-fi thing. It's a pretty interesting show. It's not perfect, but it's one of the better things that I've tried. I actually, you know, I actually liked it a lot. I'll be honest. It's um like I'm not sure the extent to which I like it because it's actually great or the extent to which I like it because so much other stuff is crap, you know, and, you know, from just watching a lot of crap, you just start grading things on a curve, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Um, all things considered, like uh, they might still botch the landing, you know, um, you never know with these shows, but it's not too mystery boxy. It's not one of those things where it's just all clues and no actual show. You know, it's it's a it's a well thought out show. I enjoy I enjoyed it, but uh, I want to talk about it. But let me know. Send a message. Let me know because I don't want to do the show and then nobody uh, shows up because no one's seen uh, Severance. But it's a it's a really interesting show. But you have to have Apple TV. I know a lot of people don't have that. But tonight we're going to talk about um, Loki. And if anybody just wants to jump in, uh, you can feel free. I was not crazy about it. I did not like it. It wasn't bad in the fun way like She-Hulk where the show is just so off the rails and competent. It's just competent enough to annoy me because it's um something could good could have been done here and the main reasons why i didn't like it too much i will say um are it broke everything like it just broke the whole fabric of the mcu in a way that if you think about it for any second too hard it just renders everything nonsensical as in first it takes away all the free will of everything because now everything in the Marvel comics cinematic universe is this kind of predestination thing. And if anything goes off key from it, um, if anything goes off track, 
these people come and uh, correct the variance or whatever and set everything on track. So then it's like, okay, does that mean every single thing that goes wrong in the Marvel Universe or every choice, these guys just keep changing and altering the timeline until it goes the right way? And if so, that removes the stakes and the things for everything. It doesn't really make much sense to me that they do that. But also, it just made no sense. Like, who appointed these guys? Who made them? Like, it doesn't... Like, the whole thing is very fascistic, right? In that these guys have the right to just kill people indiscriminately. They don't do any trials. Like, they call Loki in for a trial, but it's a show trial. He has no lawyer. Not even a kangaroo court. It's not even a kangaroo court because they're not even going through the motions of pretending that there's any adjudication happening. All they do is they have uh, Loki show up. They will kill you for anything. Like, if you don't stay online, like someone doesn't take a number or ticket, they kill him. You know, um, they do all this stuff. Loki doesn't get a defense. There's no jury. It's arbitrary as hell. Like, he goes, what about the Avengers? They traveled through time and did everything. And they're like, well, that was supposed to happen. But your time travel was not supposed to happen. So what you did is a crime. Okay, first off, unlike real crimes, there's no laws anywhere that people can read to know that they're doing a crime. So how do you know when your time travel is good time travel or bad time travel? It makes no sense. It's arbitrary as hell. It's just depending on what these people say is good time travel or bad time travel. So, um, you know, the Avengers, for whatever reason, what they did was good. So there's a lot to happen. Loki. Um, what higher power did he answer to? No idea. Uh, how can you just create these people? There's no type of governing body. Is it a universal governing body? Is it a multiversal governing body? Like, what is it that you know these people come from? Who who runs them? Um, so it's a very arbitrary, fascistic place you're a self-appointed all-powerful entity with if the show at least understood from the beginning these are fascists and bad guys i could rock with it like if that was the point but the show thinks that these are like police i mean the idealized version of the police like these are supposed to be good guys and supposedly it's at the end when you find out their true origins and that, you know, they were stealing real people to be officers. That's when they're supposed to be bad. But the problem is it's broken from the beginning. These people are clearly bad and evil from the beginning. So even at the part where they're supposed to be good, before you find out it's all bad, it makes no sense. So seeing characters like Owen Wilson or whatever, you're supposed to believe, oh, he was rocking with these guys back when they seemed to be good. But now that they're actually bad, now he left them. Like, no, this guy is still evil. Anybody involved with these people knowingly is evil. I don't care at what stage they were involved because even 
the so-called good time of these people. Uh, if you think about it for half a second is fascistic and um, crazy. That's, that's, that's one of the first things the TVA logistically makes no sense to me as in none of it has any type of internal consistency as in um, like, for example, Sylvie, the evil Loki is jumping through time, killing officers, right? Now, if you guys control time, if she gets to jump on you, then why don't you just jump five minutes before she got to jump on you and just stake her out? Like, they just act like when she kills one of them, oh, what are we going to do? She got us again. And it's like, okay, can you jump through time or can't you? You know? And it's like, um, if you can, like, how does she get to drop on you? She, she gets to drop on you once. You just jump through time again, and now you're, now you're ready for her. The, the thing just makes – so much of the show makes no sense if you think about it for half a second. Um, the other thing is they make Loki – weak to make the people they create good and that drives me crazy so it's like loki was this badass from the first avengers movie this loki is a loki that just finished fighting the avengers in the first avengers right the first avengers movie this is the loki that we're dealing with These people just show up with no superpowers. They're not gods. They they don't have any super strength. They just have batons, and they're just smacking the shit out of Loki. And it's like, okay, you just undercut this main guy just to make your characters that no one's going to like or care about, no one's tuning in for them, to make them seem badass. Like, you know, there's this um, woman who's not like in great shape or exceptionally muscular or anything, just a regular human woman just coming around, smacking up Loki. They're just treating him like a punk the whole time. And it doesn't make them look badass. You just totally nerf his power level. He just becomes like a kind of joke. Uh, And it's especially weird because this is Loki just after the first Avengers, when he was at his most evil and diabolical like so if you were to watch it in time more you're supposed to believe that the guy you just saw in the first avengers movie has immediately become this kind of bumbling comic relief kind of guy and that drove me nuts that made zero sense to me that was a big plot hole the next thing is they do this thing right where and this makes no sense to me in in the Avengers, I think it was Infinity War, they killed Loki. They killed the modern-day Loki. This, now, this Loki has gone through multiple movies with Thor. And he's grown from evil to uh, good or goodish, right? So he goes from killing a bunch of people in New York, plucking the guy's eyes out, doing all these evil things, and then over the years, fighting by Thor, doing different things, having some losses, losing his parents, um, fighting al- alongside him in Ragnarok, he gradually kind of moves to anti-hero, anti-villain, morally gray. Okay, that's nice. That's good. 
and then it culminates with him sacrificing himself in um, Avengers Infinity War. Okay, it's a nice arc for that character. He's dead. But then they pluck another Loki out of time from the first movie. They pluck him out of time. And then after they do it, they want to make him the first Loki all over again, right? They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to kill Loki to give the Avengers Infinity War movie stakes. But they also want to keep using Loki because he's popular. Like, the fact that he's popular and people care about him makes having him die give your movie stakes. But you also want to keep using him. You want to have your cake and eat it too. You want an emotional resonance of having a popular, cared-about character die, but also the payoff of being able to continue to use said character to make money. So what they have to do is make this new Loki that they plucked from the first movie, who's still evil, they're like, okay, guy over the course of a couple of years. You know, we killed it, so we had our movie got some oomph. Now we want to make this other Loki, which is the one from the first Avengers movie, basically that same Loki. Now, they're not going to spend a bunch of years going through that journey again. That's too much work. It takes too much time. They don't want to bother. So their idea is we're going to have Loki from the end of the first Avengers, who's still evil, who just finished killing, basically genociding a portion of Manhattan and, you know, just finished trying to take over the world and is still freshly evil and has just been torturing people like a couple hours ago. We're going to turn him into the Loki that everybody loves, the lovable anti-villain Loki, by having him watch a compilation of his greatest hits on a TV screen. So they have Owen Wilson, just a bureaucrat, just give Loki some cheap psychobabble and then play a video and it shows like a compilation of previous scenes to bring you up to speed. They show Loki the equivalent of that, like previously on Loki in the MCU and he shows like his mom dies, this, that, and he goes, Hey Loki, I know, uh, you know, you act all tough, but you're just like a, you know, scared little boy. And he gives him a little psychobabble. And then Loki starts crying. He's like, I don't enjoy hurting people. It just makes me feel strong. Or I feel bad. He watches the movie and now he's just, you know, a chill dude. Like this version of Loki just finished trying to kill all of Manhattan. Like they took, they just basically lazily just did a shortcut of years of growth and earned um, maturation arc. And just to get it out of the way, they just had him watch uh, Greatest Hits uh, Supercut. And then, boom. Now he's good, bumbling Loki. Let's have him as a member of the TVA. Um, Again, bizarre, very, to me, incompetently written. So now he's a member of the TVA. They're trying to chase this alternate universe Loki. 
they're running around chasing this alternate universe Loki. And again, makes no sense that with time travel, she keeps getting to jump on them. Like they can't just, once she shows her face, just time travel again and just an- anticipate her. Like, you know, okay, whatever. This Loki is a female version of Loki, but she's better than Loki at everything. She's just awesome. She's a total Mary Sue. Everything she does, she nails. She, um, like, Loki can't fight even one of these TVA guys. They destroy him. When she faces the TVA, she single-handedly, like, does, like, the Matrix and kicks all their asses each time. Um, and they do something that I think is a big problem with all these new... There's this thing that they do with these new kind of pseudo-woke shows is... They always tell the fans that they're sexist and racist and that they hate characters just because they're women. But then what they do is they write women characters in a certain very obnoxious way that they think is cool but is very insufferable. So then they end up creating it goes to self creating a self fulfilling prophecy. Because what ends up happening is this. What ends up happening is that these women, the way that they write them, are invariably insufferable. So then people do start hating female characters as written by these people. They don't hate female characters in general. Like, for example, that Wonder Woman movie, whether people liked it or not, people tended to like the actual character. You know what I mean? But they... um. So they kind of make it true. Like, people do hate these female characters, but not because they're female, but they're conceived as a certain type of um, female character. And then people start anticipating it. As in, like, okay, if this type of writer is going to introduce a female character, I'm expecting it to be bad. Not because I hate female characters, but I hate female characters as written by these type of people. And one of the hallmarks of how these people write female characters, right? They write them with their own chip on their shoulder projected into the character. So one thing about the modern type of liberal feminist writer is that a woman can't owe a man for anything, right? So... If the woman has to learn her craft from a man or be saved by a man or anything, it's anti-feminist. So the woman has to be entirely self-created. And you'll see this a lot. Like, for example, in The Last, in the Last Jedi with uh, Rey, it's very important that Luke Skywalker doesn't train her. That's how these people think. So when she goes there, Luke Skywalker throws the thing over his shoulder. Oh, I don't want to train you. I'm just going to sit on, sit on my ass and just complain. So then Ray, the whole show trains herself. If you notice, unlike with Luke Skywalker and Yoda, where Luke had to be the student and get hit on the head with a stick and be humbled. No man gets to humble her. So she's like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to train myself. She trains herself and then becomes more powerful than Luke. Like, 
Luke's big thing was lifting one rock. She was able and lift a ship out of the thing. She's able to lift a whole avalanche. And she's able to have totally self-leveled up. Um, the same thing happens with um, the She-Hulk. In the original She-Hulk comic books, uh, Bruce Banner saves her life. She gets injured in attempted mob hit. He proactively gives her a blood transfusion. It gives her the powers. In this version, they can have that. So she turns into the She-Hulk. She becomes a She-Hulk by saving Bruce Banner's life. Bruce Banner does has nothing to do with it. Bruce Banner saves her life, and his blood drips onto her. So he had no active role in making her the She-Hulk. He didn't save her. She never had to have any moment of vulnerability or being saved to become the She-Hulk, right? Um, then when it's time to train her, everything tried to train her in, she automatically knows she has no need to be taught anything by him. Like he shows her how to throw a rock. She can throw it as far. Um, he throws it farther again. Now he's mansplaining. So she makes fun of him for that. She doesn't need yoga. She doesn't need to be shown how to be flexible and do acrobatics. She doesn't need to be shown anything she doesn't need to be shown how to control um her persona and all this stuff he does a thunderclap she can clap better so she self levels up this loki character called the female loki the sylvie she can do things that our loki can't do but she wasn't raised like our loki so loki goes how did you learn to do this stuff uh she can, she can she can like I think shapeshift or do something with put people under spell something that our Loki even with our ma- his magic can't do and she goes yeah I just taught myself and he's like you taught yourself can you teach me so then oh yeah someone brought something about She Hulk too they said something in her blood is naturally better than Bruce's so she's actually better than him just genetically um, as well so. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but just to make her more awesome, this new female Loki is untrained. Nobody taught her how to do magic, and she's better than um, our Loki. And she actually teaches him extra things uh, she can do. And this is a weird, I think, idea of female empowerment. Like, everybody needs somebody, you know? very few of us are able to truly be self-created people, you know, like it's not some kind of, um, and they don't even really like women learning from other women really to me, you know, it's, um, Captain Marvel was the same way. Like no one has to teach her anything. And, um, so yeah, that was another problem that I found with this stuff that drove, that, that drove me nuts. Um, and even some parts that people like, like someone in the comments said, oh, classic Loki was the best. No, I hate classic Loki. Because this, this is nothing else that the MCU does. And they've done this even before Phase 4. Uh, like a lot of this new bad stuff that they have is bad because of Phase 4. But the classic Loki is bad in, about something in a way that I think even predates. Um, whenever the MCU wants to incorporate as an easter egg or whatever something from classic 1960s 1950s 1940s marvel 
they deliberately make it look as bad and cheesy as possible. And to me, it's a backhanded way of making fun of the original thing. So, for example, in Captain America, the first Avengers, and they do it so that people can say, oh, this is why they don't make it look exactly like the comics, because it would look stupid. But no, it doesn't have to look as stupid as you're making it look. You're making it look as stupid as possible on purpose to rig the argument in your favor for the way that you're eventually going to choose to portray it. So in the Captain America, the first Avengers, there's a scene where Steve Rogers wears a comics accurate costume and they make it look like a party city type of cheesy Halloween costume and looks extra bad. And now you can do that with anything. If you wanted, you could take the Spider-Man costume, which they choose to do the, the right way. And you can make that look like the electric company. You know, you can make anything look, look that cheesy. But they do it so that the people can laugh at the original comics accurate version. And then it makes their eventual version look that much better. And to me, I'm like, you don't have to use the original comics version. I'm fine with it. Don't use it. Use your version. It does look cool. But don't bring the original in just to make people laugh at it. It it it's very disrespectful, I think, to the source material and to these people who paved the way for you to make a bunch of money writing, you know, giant toy commercials. You should be grateful. You should not use any of your social capital, cultural capital to be dissing the people who gave you this opportunity, you know, whose backs you're building this off of. WandaVision did the same thing. They had them wear their um, Wanda and the Vision, wear comics, accurate costumes. They made it look as Halloween-y, as stupid as possible. Then people all over the internet are like, yeah, you know, this is a great reminder of why you can't do comics accurate. Like, shut up. If they really wanted to seriously make it, because if you look at cosplayers, there are plenty of cosplayers on Instagram and all the time who make extremely comics accurate versions of the superhero costumes and make them look good. It's possible to do like, like these cosplayers don't make costumes that look like um, what they're showing in Captain America, the first Avenger and in uh WandaVision. So classic Loki to me was to me a diss to Stanley and Jack Kirby's Loki posted as like a tongue in cheek homage like that costume when drawn by Jack Kirby does not look like that. Loki does not look like a really skinny out of shape old man with a pot belly and skinny arms. The yellow part is armor. The Loki's built very muscularly. The trunks aren't up to the dude's chest. Like the Adam West Batman you know, the guy, his face doesn't even look like Loki. He's not, like, it's it's a way to make fun of the source material. And that just drives drives me nuts. Um, yeah, the actor's amazing, but I just don't like the concept of it. He looks stupid. And, and like, why did they make him look like that, you know? Um, to me, it's just a way to kind of build up the current thing. They could have taken the time and made the Jack Kirby classic Loki costume look good and got somebody with muscles to do it. And the actor actually said uh, that he thought he was going to get a muscle suit and he didn't like that. They put him 
in there in that ridiculous outfit because the concept art looked like Jack Kirby when he uh, agreed to do the show. But we're going to start taking callers now. And also, um, let people know on Twitter, on Facebook, on social medias, text your friends. Let them know we're up in here so we can get more people up in here. Uh, tweet it out. Let's get some callers in here. I've talked enough. I just want to share my thoughts. So uh, first caller to Wildros. Feel free to unmute. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How's it going? This is a Colonel Qaddafi, right? Yeah, yeah. I just changed my screen name because okay, phone cool. number and I... yada yada yada. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I don't to add a, on to the point you were making about all these like changes they keep making to the source material. I don't know if you saw this recently. I don't know. I don't think you're like really into video games, but it's a game from your era. Not to call you old or anything, but you know Netflix is doing a Legend of Zelda show, right? No idea. I'm sure it's gonna be terrible. Oh no, it's worse than you think. They're actually getting Tom Holland to play him to play Link, the main character. Um, that doesn't sound that bad to me. I mean, well, the, well, the thing is. No, it's not a bad choice for what they're doing, but a lot of the fans are tired of it because, like, I think all the nerds in the in the audience will understand what I'm saying. Nintendo fans be Nintendo fans, but basically, the thing I noticed was Netflix, in response to everyone complaining about Tom Holland's and everything, someone decided to just Photoshop where every member of the cast was Tom Holland. And I realize what's going on here that they're kind of flailing at doing with comics and like nerd culture that they've been trying to do basically since 2014, which is they've tried to do what they do with a lot of cultures, which you saw they do. They've basically done with hip hop in full form, which is take a subculture and shave the edges off of it into so it can exist in main cult, mainstream culture without all of the baggage heavily attached to it. You get what I'm saying so far? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they kind of like water it down or dilute it to make it uh, more palatable to the mainstream. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but the problem is, and this is the thing we also kind of saw happen with hip hop in the early years when, like, uh, when. I think when we remember early when like all the major labels started buying everyone out, even though everyone keeps forgetting that Interscope owned Death Row, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, that that was a long time coming, guys. Like, come on, Tupac was on Interscope before he signed to fucking Death Row. Look, you doing deal with a genre? where the audience, target audience for this thing is sort of antithetical to the people you're aiming for. And number two, and number two, when you are trying to like take this culture, this subculture and try and like transfer it for a culture that isn't for the mainstream, how do you then deal with the more like unsavory elements of it that people have problems with, i.e. like with hip hop and, you know, the language and content in nerd culture's case, I think it's the fact that like, and I think no one wants to admit it is 
a lot of comic book culture, a lot of video game culture, a lot of stuff they've tried to like translate into is kind of hard to do, but also keep it within the parameters of like, you know, lib liberal cultural hegemony because I think what a lot of people don't want to talk about is a lot of comic books on some level are some sort of on one level or another are some sort of weird reactionary fantasy on some level you know what I'm saying like Wonder Woman was about bondage and stuff about that Batman was kind of like a weird like one percenter uh, power fantasy of fighting the rabble you, you get where I'm going with yeah, this yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the problem they're having here, and that's why the writing is so bad, because they're having to deal with the fact that these are people who, uh, again, to quote Matt Crispin, uh, you know, liberals practice, try to, I, I can't remember the exact word, basically he's like, they def, they deny themselves a lot of, like, creature comforts in society in order to prove their uh you know, their virtue and like Republicans, it's more, they, they show how they're virtuous by how much they don't adhere to that. Like you, you get that sort of analogy I'm saying here. Uh, yeah, I do. But, um, so related to this show, you think this show is well, what, trying well, the to, prob- the reason I use that analogy is they can't really do that with this show and all the other shows and all these other Marvel stuff because after a while you have to deal with the fact of this is a character that's supposed to be sort of a there's supposed to be an aspiration to it but there's a very adulterated end point to a lot of these characters like with Loki who's a villain you know there's the factor of death there's a factor of fighting you know people we consider good guys these people can't really do nuance very well and you kind of tell how bad they are with doing nuance is think about it loki is a show extensively about a key villain to a marty character in the mcu Meanwhile, DC decides to do a solo project with one of their marquee care villains with Joker, which I'm not going to say was the greatest movie ever, but it was impressive for what they did. But everyone kept looking at it like they're they're putting it on the bad guy. He's going to make everyone think it's cool to be bad, even though nobody fucking thought that. But I think what we're seeing with this bad writing with these shows is they're running headfirst in the fact of these are supposed to be aspirational characters, and we're seeing the aspirations of who's writing it behind it, and it's becoming more and more blatant. Because remember, when what was Superman but a power fantasy for like Jewish immigrants who had faced persecution overseas? What was insert a bit much of a like black lightning enough said but like but like how so what do you think this show well the problem i have with is is just that it just it's it lays bare naked that these are people who their whole dream in life is to either be a Mary Sue or to be considered a Mary Sue in some way in their field. Like they don't want to be known as like, I put in the actual work. 
Because again, these are all like, you know, upper crust estates and whatnot. These are like, you know, strivers. And strivers only care about looking like they worked hard to management. To everyone else around them, it's kind of like, you know, showing that you put in a lot of effort is kind of a low-key sign of weakness, you know? I think all that's kind of true about a lot of this stuff. But with this show, I specifically... um... Also, one thing I want to get out about Loki real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I want to say this specifically about the character. Now that I got all that stuff out, I want to get... I, I have such a problem with, like with some of the um, MCU fan base, particularly like the um, blurred end of the fan base, the black women blurred fan base, because I understand if you're into, you know, someone who's not the same race as you. That's not the problem. The problem is, is like, you ever just read some of the things they post about these guys on Twitter, especially about Tom Hiddleston, the guy who plays Loki. Um, not really. You know, just, I, I can imagine it. Yeah. Oh God, it's like, it's like, it, it's the kind of stuff that you would have seen on, let's just say, certain parts of Tumblr before, before they banned everything. If you catch my drift, hint, hint. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's basically what they do all the time now. In general, is like everything. Yeah, but it's so uncomfortable now. because it's like it's. Okay, the reason why it's so uncomfortable now, and okay, I'll no, just leave off with this. You, just let you I'll know, leave off. I want to get to the next person, so so try to wrap. I'm it gonna in leave a off with this. I'm gonna leave I'm off with this. In a mm-hmm. I will leave off with this. It's uncomfortable because. Okay, going back to reference a few episodes of uh, back on Champagne Sharks, it feels very J- uh, Jeremy O'Harris in nature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think that's kind of unavoidable at this point. Like the kind of it's weird... it's so slave play. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I gotta go back to cooking dinner. I'll I'll leave you to your show. Enjoy, right. sir. Right. Take care. Be good. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Um, I want to throw in some quick points, really quick, because I I didn't want to say everything all at once. Um. The TVA, I do not understand um, exactly how any of it works because if they exist outside of the timeline, right, um, then how does the changes that happen at the end of the series change them? Because they don't remember Loki anymore and all this stuff. But it's supposed to be out of outside of space and time. But killing he who remains at the end... Um, changes them the other thing is if kang slash he who remains at the who he remains at the end right if he's able to mastermind and see every single thing is going to happen so perfectly that despite all the variants all the pruning all the stuff he knew that those two versions of loki were going to arrive there and one was going to kill him then what's the point of the tva they're totally superfluous like they're they're pointless. He understands how everything's gonna turn out anyway. Like it's one of the most poorly thought out shows. And the same guy ended up writing um Doctor Strange 2, in which he even contradicted himself and made a whole new version of the multiverse 
not based on time travel. So these people can't even keep track of their own theories, even when it's the same guy writing it. It's like Doctor Strange 2 is almost like it's by a different person. It contradicts the whole rules of the multiverse created by um, this show. And that's all I wanted to say. Uh, p- please go on, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. How you feeling? Good, good, good. Yeah, I feel like I'm the I might be in the minority, but when I saw it, I, I actually liked the show. Um, I mean, it's a good looking show. If you don't think about it too hard, yeah, you know, it, like because like I got um I got I only got Disney Plus because because well, it's your fault because of all the <laughs> <laughs> of all the She Hulk like you you made me so curious I had to see it. Yeah, a lot of people have told me that I made them watch She-Hulk because it's <laughs> it's so bad. They got uh, curious about it. So you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like, and then I watched um, WandaVision, and then I said, "All right, you know, I want to see. The, let me let me catch up with these movies, you know." And then so I so I watched WandaVision, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't like I don't like this character. I don't really care for this character to begin with." And then like this character is clearly like really a really bad person. And, you know, and she's like torturing these people and, you know, and I like, and, and they made the N where they're like, well, you know, they'll never know what you sacrifice that whole nonsense, you know, yeah, that was ridiculous. And I was like, and I was like, this is crazy. And it was weird too, because even at the time when they had that guy, um, I don't know, the guy who's the head of, uh, was it not shield, but what was the other, what was it? sword? The guy oh, who was yeah. the head of sword, like the white guy, like it was it was weird to me that I, it, it seemed very transparent where I was like, okay, this is the one time I can see where all like the reactionaries are saying like, they make the white guy, the villain, you know? Cause, cause that guy was like, cause, cause that guy's like, take the shot, you know, to kill her. And it's just like, yeah, like, like she the, took over the whole town. The shows is that they try to put these thoughts in the, and these people are so morally weird and they're so divorced from common sense and right and wrong that when they try to write a villain and make the villain say the wrong thing, they invariably make the villain say the right thing because they make the villain say the opposite of what they, the writers, believe. But they, the writers, um, have a broken moral compass. So, like, their Mary Sue characters are evil to anybody with common sense. Like, like Wanda is like, okay... This bitch needs to be put down. She, she's a mess. And, you know, they put this white guy in, like, let's put all the bad stuff in the mouth of the white guy. The, everything they put in his mouth is common sense, you know? But then they always add an extra couple of things that are, like, crazy. Like, for example, he wants to shoot kids and all this stuff. So yeah. um, they make the character, like, irredeemable in certain ways. Like, you know, okay, why does he want to shoot... Um, I'm sorry, but go on. Yeah, so like, but 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 that was the thing where I'm like, you know, I always hear, you know, these the the right wing guys are always like, oh, every white guy is bad and this and then and instant and you know by ver- you know by virtue of them saying that I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, no, no, it's not that you know, that's yeah. BS. But then like this time I was like, uh, this like they're making this guy the villain, but he's kind of right. Like she took over this town. You know, and she's got to go. Like, that's it, you know? And... Not only is he right, they make him extra right later because in Doctor Strange 2, right, they make it seem like uh, all the minorities, right, the the white woman, to the extent you can call that a minority, it's barely a minority, but they like to put the white woman by the POC 
to kind of give her um, uh, residual <laughs> marginalization. You know, like maybe if you put the white woman among the POC, you'll forget that she's white. So <laughs> they have like Kat Dennings, the white woman. Um, what's her name? Uh, the Asian guy, the black woman. They're all arguing against the white guy on behalf of the super powerful white woman, uh, Wanda. <laughs> and they make it seem like Miss Scarlet, white guy is doing <laughs> he's anti diversity and he's a racist and is a sexist and like and it's taken enough for her. But Wanda was trying to do the right thing. Wanda was doing this and that, and they let her go. They take down the white guy. They put the white guy in jail, and they let her go. And they say that ridiculous line of, um, you know, they'll never know what you tried to do. I mean. These people are yeah. going to be traumatized for life. She's just leaving them behind. Like, it doesn't give a fuck, right? And what, and what you're saying about how bad the writers are, like, it's so true because if you really wanted to make her more sympathetic, you could just tweak the story a little bit to make it, to make it be like, you know, because you had another witch character in the show. So you yeah, could just totally. say, like, you know, oh, Agatha tricked her. You know, Agatha tricked her into doing it. So she didn't yeah. really know what she was doing. And then, like, you know, maybe at a certain point she kind of had an inkling, but then, like, she was, like, a little selfish and she wanted it. So, and then you could put, like, conflict in it, you know? This show is written by the type of people who, on Twitter, think that the fact that you can point out that you were traumatized at some point in your life gives you license to be bad to everybody and and uh, not be held accountable for it. So this is the super heroic version of that. Like, if you had trauma and you are the right person... Um, your trauma trumps everyone else's trauma and problems, and but 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 this is but this is the extra part that I was gonna get to is in Doctor Strange two, Wanda who they let get away proves the white guy right. Like it's not bad; it's bad enough they proved him right in WandaVision, but going forward, she destroys scores of people. She kills whole like universes basically, um, kills all these people, and if not stopped. She was gonna wipe out the entire multiverse. That's a hundred times, a hundred million times worse than what Thanos was gonna do. Like Thanos was gonna just take out half the population of the multiverse. What she would have done would have wiped out all of existence. So, if you go back to Wandavision now, two was the result of those three minorities defying the white guy. Like they proved the white guy extra right. Not only did the white guy was just worried about Earth. Um, they let her go. They defied him. They made it seem like it was racism and sexism. And then after they let her go, she almost wipes out all of existence. So I'm like, okay, do you guys even think about your own points? And what you, you guys undermine yourselves and your own morality every... But all... Two would have been prevented, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, so like, uh, like I didn't see that one yet, so I'm. Sure. Oh, oh God, that one's gonna blow your brain. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I watched. So then I watched like Loki, and like I'm not from I'm not familiar with the Loki comic at all, right? All I know is the Tom Hiddleston. Something that always gets me that I'm always I always like. So yeah. I watched it and like you know, while I'm watching, it, I can see like okay, I can see people can be pissed because you know it's a you know you know there's there's a female Loki, 
you know, and she's like really good at what she does, you know, and she could do things that Loki can't and all this, you know, um, and then like afterwards, like, you know, and I liked it cause I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't really think, uh, like, you know, like I hear your criticisms about it and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, all that, all that's valid. Yeah. It's all valid, you know? Um, but like, so then afterwards I, I went and I, Yeah. You know, you know, he's he, you know, he's like Loki runs into body positive time cop, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh here we go. You yeah, know? yeah. There's so many more valid things. Yeah, about. yeah. And he's just like, and then he says body positive time cop, and then he says the diverse TVA, and I was just like, you know, and I was like, you know, and that hardened me more. I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, I like, you know, like, you know, what is your your criticisms? you're laying it out very clearly, you know, like you, you think the woman who, you know, also like, you know, also they got two people from uh, um, a Lovecraft country up in there. And then clear in this diverse TVA and it's like, well, you just don't like the black people in there. So like, Already, yeah, your criticism yeah. is starting to be like, you know, no. I totally agree with you. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of his stuff, like, he will ruin the good points for... Uh, uh, they have a show called EFAP. They do a much better job of criticizing it, but their things go on for hours. Like, it goes on <laughs> for forever. What like, is e- EFAP? No, no, EFAP. Uh, every frame uh, pause. Because what they do okay. is they watch the show in real time. And they pause and do a commentary, but it makes it take forever. <laughs> so it's called every frame of pause, and it they go on like like forever, yeah. uh, like hours because hours. So they basically watch the show in real time and just uh and just uh pause it. It's a miracle they can get by the copyright part of YouTube, but they make a ton of great points without having to go. Of those weird things, you know what I mean? But yeah, but they really need to just find a way to do an abbreviated version of the same thing that lasts like twenty minutes or something. Yeah, you know, it was funny when he said when he talked about that, and he was like, "Oh, you just don't like the black people in this show." You know, it made me think. I was like, "Well, isn't this? See, shouldn't there be a lot of black people working <laughs> working there anyway?" It's like, isn't that, isn't that realistic? It's like you know, it's like when you go to the airport, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's like I thought it was almost kind of racist because like the big black woman is kind of surly she's a surly bureaucrat <laughs> who's there to kind of and if you notice on a lot of like white um movies they like to put <laughs> an obstacle to stuff just always somebody like the hero has to get something done and she's like uh-uh i'm not gonna help you today the line closed at five and it's my lunch they always do this stuff that's black woman at a desk who was but they do it a lot if, if you look for it they do surly bureaucrat i thought it was actually kind of uh low-key liberal racism and stuff so that's, to- that's totally true when you put that out or yeah. or 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 they say like, 
<laughs> oh yeah, that that too. Like 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 yeah, exactly. Like like we're not gonna put a big um you know white woman like this, but we're gonna yeah. This is what you guys. existing like he makes some good points but he bothers me when he does stuff like that like for example he had one about um captain america and the winter soldier right and then the falcon the winter soldier and then there's a part where the door melaje come out right from black panther and when he gets to them he's like the dora the 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 um you know From uh, you know, um, Game of Thrones, you, you can you can like say like you know Daenerys Targaryen and all these different names and aliens in Star Trek, but the minute the name is pseudo African, even though it's just five syllables, now you're acting like it's breaking your brain just because it's Africanish. It's not even a real language. It's just as fake as any of these other made up sci fi languages you do. But just because this one. Sounds kind of African. You gotta make it seem like it's unpronounceable. Uh, like Dora Milaje is like way easier to say than a lot of these uh, Tolkien yeah. long ass uh, names. And that was the first time I, I get I got kind of turned off to him. Yeah, I got just one more point. Yeah, what is the deal with uh, all the Brie Larson hate? Like I like I realized at a certain point, like I like I, I didn't care for that movie that she was in. But I but I realized at a certain point that that I was like, man, like there's a lot of people that just have hate videos about her and take clips of her and everything, and I don't and like and I I had talked about that on here actually or somewhere. I was saying the same thing about she's kind of annoying, but there's a lot of people who are to me as annoying or worse annoying or more annoying who don't get the same like you know people are like oh like she said this to or that to the fan and I've he's he's got passion He's like McEnroe. He's got passion. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like I'm not even gonna say like some of the things that they say are annoying about her aren't annoying, but I've seen like men do so much of the same stuff. Yeah. That's not fair, but I can understand that. But it still goes way beyond that to me to a point where I'm like, I just don't. Um, she just become an avatar for everything they hate. But she had one particular quote about, which when I saw in context, I don't think was as bad as they made it out to be about 40 year old white guy. You've always heard from you guys first and foremost for like decades. And I kind of want to, hear about this because there's a lot of stuff made for guys like you but this is something when i saw it in person i was like okay that's not in person i saw it in full contact 
no, all white men must die. But that's kind of what it became when it was clipped yeah. out of context. So I agree with you on on that. Like I think yeah. she a lot of um, unfair grief, which I think given the stuff they give a lot of men to pass on, I think is. Uh... But it's true. You end up absorbing it because uh, there is something about her that. Um, yeah, so what I'm going to do in closing is I'm going to try to wipe the slate clean on her and take all that Brie Larson hate. You know, have you, like, I've met people who actually really like Brie Larson. Like, I've met Brie Larson fans, and I've met people who, you know, even they don't like, uh, I liked her in Free Fire. She was good in that. What's that? I liked her in Free Fire. Did you ever see that? No, no. I didn't see that. I've seen her in the... Yeah, it's a, it's a low bar, but uh, she, was, she, she, was be- she was okay in that. Like, but I've never met an Aquafina fan. <laughs> and that includes even like Asian women. Like, I've never met anyone that's like was on the fence about seeing something and Aquafina was like, put them over. Or that was their, um, you know, yeah, I just never, I just never seen it. She had one movie that was kind of a drama that people liked, but you can't even say the farewell that movie justifies her celebrity because she had been in a ton of movies before we got to that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm just, you know, You know, stereotypical Chinese thing. I don't want to do things that make Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that was extra obnoxious. Yeah. She's awful. She's awful. I can't take her. But yeah. anyway, I agree with you on that. Thank you for ending on a on a note everyone can agree on. All right. All right take care, man. Hey, how's it going, Jim? I think the unmute is still in the bottom right. I could be wrong because they've updated the app a couple of times. But yeah, check the check the bottom right. Oh, hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. How are you? Okay, so here's the thing about Loki. I know you said you didn't make sense, but Loki makes sense if you see it as Marvel doing Doctor Who. The The first Avengers movie came out in 2012. It was at the high... ...casting Tom Hiddleston as the Doctor for the longest time. And so, with Loki, you got it. Loki's the doctor. Uh, Owen Wilson is the human companion the doctor usually gets. Sylvie, she's just River Song. Um, And the TVA is just the other Time Lords on Gallifrey. And 
Kang is just either Rassilon or the Master or some evil Time Lord the Doctor has to deal with. And now Doctor Who is actually going to Disney Plus next year, so the comparison will just be even more stark, I suppose. I totally agree with you. I just think it's very badly done, Doctor Who. I just think that... Oh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I think the writer is not cut for sci-fi. He Because there's a certain level of dotting your I's and crossing your T's and deep thought you need for sci-fi. And they got this guy. Mm -hmm. He did one episode of Rick and Morty. And, you know, he's not even one of the main Rick and Morty staff. The, the concept of doing this, but you have to have it make sense. And instead, they just keep undercutting the whole basis of the um, Marvel. For example, like when they open the drawer and it's full of Infinity Stones. Okay, nice. Yep. You got a nice joke out of that, but you just undermined the first. You just totally pulled the rug out from the first three phases for a uh, as Loki could have been could have been great, but they just didn't do a good good job at it. It was so inconsistent, you know. Like the Avengers jumped time like four or five times. And then mm -hmm. they drop a Tesseract in front of Loki, which Loki just picks up and jumps with. He doesn't do anything major with it yet. He just, but mm -hmm. all that happened because of the Avengers time jumping. So it makes no sense to me that they did all the stuff that led. Somebody um, changed the trajectory of the bullet that, um, you know, hit John F. Kennedy. It didn't moved it to the right, so it hits Jacqueline Onassis. And then her I'm in the crowd. Her purse falls by me, and I just pick up the purse. And these cops come, wait, what are you doing? Oh, you picked up a purse. I was like, wait. Like, and... It made no sense to me. I'm like, okay, you have to explain to me why they can do all that. But it's okay. Mm. And it's supposed to happen. But one little um, side thing that happens from that fuckery they did that is so minor in consequence is like um, so bad. And all the writer can say is uh, it was supposed to happen. I think that's what makes it different than Good Doctor Who. Like Good Doctor Who, I think, tries to think this stuff out. Um, I don't think it's always been that good. There has been Doctor Who as bad as, as um, there have been yeah who as bad as, as. They would probably try to say, "Oh, it's a fixed point in time. It was supposed to happen." And Loki and Loki fumbling around wasn't. Yeah, they try to say something at least besides, "Oh, it was just supposed to happen," and and moving right along. And that's the thing that drives me crazy about this thing is that it just has places and it wants to get to, and does not care if it makes any any sense or like the larger implications like it's not even like minor stuff like the idea that okay 
Kang and the TVA both exist outside of time and space, whatever that means. Mm. But then if you kill Kang, it changes the whole TVA and whatever. So I'm like, okay, so they don't exist outside of time and space. Like, like time does, like their timeline changes along with everything else's. So then, and what does outside of time and space like even, even mean? And uh, I don't know. Like, okay, here's another example. Even if they've said before that they've dealt with a bunch of variant Lokis, because Lokis apparently are always fucking with the timeline. So he's at the first Loki mm-hmm. that they've dealt with, right? So mm-hmm. if she kills the Kang at the end of the movie, right? When mm-hmm. Loki came back and encounters Owen Wilson and all that, even if he doesn't remember this specific Loki or whatever, it seems weird that suddenly he's never encountered any Loki at all when we're supposed to believe that they've been dealing with Lokis repeatedly in the time variance authority. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know this guy, they gave him the guy who wrote this show and who wrote um, Dr. Strange too, which uh, had a whole different type of multiverse that had nothing to do with time travel, you know, which blew my mind that the same guy can just counter contradict himself is now going to be in charge of one of the Avengers movies. And I'm just like dreading mm. it. Yeah. It's just bizarre to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm too hard on it. I don't know. But if it just fucked itself up, it wouldn't bother me. But so much of its mistakes fuck up other things. And just the whole basis of the um, MCU to me in a way that just breaks everything, especially the whole no free will thing. Mm hmm. It's just bizarre to me. Mm. Yeah, oh, so someone said, um, in the show, isn't the whole point of the TV that you wouldn't have multiverses? But at the end, there is a multiverse. So how can there be a TVA? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions you can ask about this that I just think um, they're interesting questions if they had any interest in answering them. But I don't think they even realize that they're plot holes. Which is uh, scary. It doesn't seem like it's been ironed out very well, does it? Yeah, yeah, it totally, it totally doesn't. But uh, Jim, do you have any uh, final thoughts before I move to the different James? Uh, nah, I don't. Have a good night. All right, have a good night. Thank you, Jim. Take care. Mm. Yep. Uh, hey, James. For some reason, you are not showing up. Oh, there we go. Hey, James, feel free to unmute. Oh, also, as a reminder, uh, go to YouTube.com forward slash Champagne Sharks to follow us on YouTube. Also, we're coming back tomorrow to talk about um, what's it called? White Lotus. The first episode premieres tonight. And next week, I want to talk about Severance. So if you can, try to watch Severance. I want to give people a chance to see it so they know what we're talking about. It's on Apple TV, but that's a really good show. Oh, there goes Q. Hey, Q, how's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Sorry, sorry for the late entry. Oh, no problem, no problem. We are just talking about... I know you had a lot of thoughts about the show. Um, so, yeah, yeah, feel free to... Um, oh, no. I have not had a chance to unmute yet. No, the... Uh, the, the uh... This the season finale of the show was where I was realizing like there's a lot going on 
with this company right now, and none of it seems to be good. Because that was like, um, because was Wonder Vision was the first uh series that it um uh, that happened in the uh, the phase four, right? Like in the post uh um the post Endgame era, wasn't it Wonder Vision that came first? Sorry, you're muted right now. I just I just realized. Uh, WandaVision was definitely um, the first one, and it was really the start of something. Yeah, it was. So the the, the finale of WandaVision, um, even though like the first half of the season was all right, like the latter half of the season, I was like, oh, okay, what the hell is like? What was the point of this? And then with uh, Loki, um, the end of the uh, the season finale, I was like, what is what was the point of all this? Like, it, it seemed like it seemed like there was there was not really a purpose to the entire season except for just like making me consume more content. And then like with the rest of um, the uh, the shows and movies that have come out since then, it's like, oh yeah, this, the, the entire purpose is for you to just like consume content and lead you into making or into consuming content after this content. Like it's always like teeing up for the next property that's coming out um and loki was where i started to figure out like there's something wrong here like there's there's something um not fully self-contained inside of the show like the purpose of me watching the show is to watch the show yes but it's to team me up for more content and ever since then it just seems like that's all that is happening in the disney plus side of the uh the mcu is that there's no purpose to the uh, show besides like queuing you up because there's going to be more content for you to consume. Still. Sorry about that. Oh, and by the oh wait, um, James disappeared. Okay. Um, yeah, James, feel free to come back up if you want to. Uh, something I was saying before was how the show just uh, breaks the whole MCU. Like, it takes away free will. The TVA makes no sense because they don't answer anybody. Like, it's just weird. Like, they're just a self-created judge, jury, and executioner. It just murks people at, for arbitrary reasons that uh, is treated like they're some kind of officially appointed government body you know but they're really not it, if you think about it for like 10 seconds like they're not um they're totally self-created they're fascistic but they're only considered b- bad like the big revelation that they're supposed to be bad guys is when it turns out that their employees are actually um humans plucked from you know the timeline and mind wiped and it's like, wait a minute, guys. The TVA is actually the bad guys. Like, no, wait. These guys were bad guys even when you thought they were good. It's, it had the same problem of the writers having no moral compass. And, you know, that's been plaguing MCU since WandaVision. That's continued all the way through She-Hulk where they're hiring people to write about battles between good and evil who don't seem to have a general grasp thanks to narcissism of common sense good and evil, you know? So, like... um, these guys are just killing some somebody just for not taking a number in a line. They have no jury, no um, due process. They um, just do all these things that, that are just clearly fascistic. And so, like, to me, 
Owen Wilson, quote unquote, realizing the TVA is bad and not helping Loki. I'm like, no, this guy was still a fucking fascist. I don't care what you say. Like, he was a fascist for accepting the cover story. Like, like this, this was. You never presented a good version of the TV like you think like you think you have, you know. Um, yeah, finding out that Kang was behind them and that they were plucking humans uh, doesn't really make them any worse than they were before. It's like marginally, right? Uh, the the um, the the whole like breakdown as to how the, the TVA functions. Um, I, I, even after watching it a second time through, I, I still don't understand how the TVA works exactly, right? Like, it, because because uh, uh, he who remains, or I guess like because you can't really call the character Kang. Apparently, like his like the version that's in Loki is not Kang per se, but like he who remains doesn't have any direct contact with the TVA, so. How was the TVA structured exactly, right? Like, how how was it that um, the uh, the TVA that uh, that was that was created like their sort of like their um, like what you call it like uh, the, uh, what, what would you call it? like like uh, their um, order of like their their command structure like how how would that work exactly because they don't have any direct contact with them right like as far as as far as they understood or as far as the TVA is understood um those fake robots are what stands in for the leadership structure so like how did how did that work do you know what i mean yeah i mean something else that's like weird about them too like not only does it not you don't say how it works right but um yeah they're not created by the people they're not created by a people uh, elected um governing body or whatever they're they're totalitarian they're totalitarian fascism but they're presented like unnecessary evil or sympathetic sympathetically like like you're supposed to believe they're the good guys until the end and and they're not what's interesting is you have them doing stuff like lecturing loki about why his worldview is bad and they have mobius sitting with him saying stuff like you know um yeah you're your fascistic view is wrong and your uh, way of hurting people and doing whatever. It's like, okay, you guys kill people all the time for the most arbitrary reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Makes no sense. You will have rules that are inscrutable, not transparent. Like when you say that, oh, the Avengers time jumping is okay because they were supposed to do that. But you picking up the Tesseract that only dropped in front of you because of the Avengers fucking around. That's a capital offense. You can't challenge it. You can't see the transparency behind how we came to that. Um, we don't have any voting. We don't have any type of answerability to um, anybody. And it's like, okay, so how can they be there lecturing Loki about fascism and his own type of bad guy arc in the first Avengers when this guy is in service of something that I think is way worse and way more powerful than Loki. I mean, if you're part of an organization that treats Infinity Stones like paperweights, then you having a bad moral compass is a million times in uh, Loki, who's like basically a child to you, which I think is a whole other bad issue of the thing. Uh, here's, here's the other part. How was it that like they were so much more powerful that the Infinity Stones are paperweights to them? I, I, like, I never really... I never and, really and they just worked with humans that. with... 
fancy batons. It's the stupidest yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the part that you get. Like, they were strong enough to, uh, to take on, like, you know, uh, godlike beings, like Loki. Um, and it, for sure, I get that they're like humans that were plucked from various timelines, but why are they so much stronger? No, it makes absolutely, uh, absolute zero sense. It's, it's, it's really, really bizarre. And it has no internal, the show has no internal moral compass. It makes, uh, zero sense at at all and it, it just logistically it makes no it makes no sense it it looks and sounds nice and is well acted like if you just turn your brain off or if it was self-contained i could just accept that as like you no know, nice dumb fun but what it does with the rest of the marvel universe and the way it breaks it i think becomes a bigger problem that's a big problem that i that i have with it um so we have hold on we have to Woldros, who is uh, Colonel Kobe Gaddafi. Hey, Q. Uh, just to start off with a joke for Q. So basically, the TVA are the are the Mounties when dealing with First Nations people. Got it. Yes, definitely. But um, yeah, the TVA are what? They're basically the Mounties when dealing with First Nations people. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get that one. <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, we have fun here, but um, yeah, going to what you're saying, two things. Um, you're saying the TVA is evil, and I'm thinking like you're asking, how do these people think it's like that? I was like, think about who these people are again for a second. These are these are levels who basically, for the last four years were like yelling at the FBI to help get the get Trump out of office by proving that the Russians helped them somehow. These are yeah, yeah. institutionalized. Yeah, these are people who are saying things, they were tweeting things unironically like James Comey, welcome to the resistance. And they were saying that about the C- the CIA and the FBI. They made the they made Bruh. them into uh folk heroes because they had a problem with Trump. Yeah, they're very Bruh, people. I'm not even joking, and, and this is I say this to Q because he'll understand how fucking angry this would make me. I remember <laughs> I was talking on voice chat in a game of Counter Strike. I know not the best place for political discourse, but I fucking swear to God, I complained about the FBI in terms of like bringing up Matulu Shakur, and I brought up that I hated the FBI because of how they treated him and all those guys, and they said, ooh, you sound like a Trump supporter. I'm like, I just said Matulu Shakur, and you think I'm a... Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, it... But that's these people, the minds of these people, and also I just yeah. want to leave off with this yeah. about uh, Brie Larson. The hate for her, you mentioned that whole quote where she's talking about the four. When you expand it, that's the problem. When you expand her whole quote, that is the problem. Her her whole point of the whole problem is she just she's like, well, well this isn't for like traditional fans. This is more for different. Yeah, and look what we got. We got your shit we got your movie whenever we listen when they listen to the fan base they would get things like captain america the winter soldier uh the first avengers you the reason why the second avengers and the first avengers were so bad was the second one was them listening to the fucking audience that is why and no one wants to say it and that is why no one likes brie larson because she is the unchecked 
id of like the fan base that has like what I like to call like the Hillary com- Hillary Clinton complex, which is someone who in a high level of power thinks everyone hates them for a ID poll reason and not what they fucking did. Like it's like how like more recent example, like how people have problems with Kamala Harris's political history, and yet people will say, Oh, you only hate her because she's a black. I was like, No, I hate her because you got a bunch of I don't even hate her. It's just I have a problem with her locking up black people over weed. Like it's kind but of But I'll say what, what Brie Larson though, I'm not saying she's not annoying. I think people just take it a bit far. Like I mean to me I'll I'm agree. Sometimes it does go a bit too far. Like I've uh, like I'm not gonna go into it, but some of the stuff I see on 4chan, ooh doggy. Yeah, people go um, pretty hardcore. People like, the only other hardcore. person I could think of that gets the same level of just, like, unnecessary... The only person I could think of that gets a more unnecessary and slightly disturbing amount of hate online is Abby Shapiro. And that one's more disturbing because, without going too explicit, a lot of the hate I see for shows up on Rule 34, dot, dot, dot... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Rule Thirty Four is. Is that that the one with like um, porn or something? Just Google it. Just Google it. I'm not gonna go into detail. Just okay. Google it. <laughs> okay, so Rule Thirty Four is if it exists, there's porn of it. Yeah, that that is definitely an internet rule. I can definitely. Uh... Yep. Anyway, uh, James is back. I'll leave the lie to you. Uh, good. Uh, good to see you all. Good to see Q's back here. Peace out. Okay. Be, be good. Take it easy. I'm going to jump to James since he was uh, knocked knocked out of the queue before, and then we'll get to um, corn corn pops. Um, real quick before we get to James, I just want to read something real quick. Right? There's something. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can hear you. Um. And you might have something to think about this. Uh, Umberto Echo had this. Um book called Ur Fascism um, and it was about breaking down fascism and he had um, modernism the cult of action for action's sake um, disagreement is treason fear of difference appeal to social frustration the obsession with the plot you know, like they have a whole plot about the the the, the three founders and the, you know how the variants happen and everything. The enemy is both strong and weak. Like you know, uh, it's the most dangerous thing ever, but it's they're also beneath us. Uh, pacifism is trafficking with the enemy. Uh, so if you want to work with anybody, that's uh, you know, be peaceful. You're you're treasonous. Contempt for the weak. Everyone is educated to regard themselves as a hero. Machismo and weaponry, selective populism, uh, air fascism speaks new speak, which is like you have a um, very specific jargon uh, for your for your cult. And yeah, all the elements of fascism are right there in the TVA, which would be fine if they understood it. It's the same way Wanda's villain, villainy would be fine if the writers understood that they actually wrote a villain, but uh, they make them sympathetic. And and necessary and um, more moral than Loki, and until the end, you know, and this big reveal that they're evil just doesn't work for me for that for that reason. Okay, sorry, sorry, James. So feel free to continue. No, man, it's all good. I wanted to talk a little bit about Jonathan Majors. 
uh, him as uh, Kang. Oh yeah, please do. You think he like he was like super weird in that? Because I only saw like the last clips of the show, and he oh he was very weird. He was very weird, but I think he was supposed to be weird, which doesn't necessarily make better. Like like, just because you do a bad thing on purpose doesn't automatically excuse doing um, the bad thing. But the clips of him as Kang in the ant-man 3 trailer he's acting a little more like more traditional kang so i think the he who remains thing he's not kang yet and he's supposed to be kind of a quirky weirdo and i think when he's kang hopefully based on the clips of ant-man 3 he's not supposed to be that way but it was still annoying to watch it it did not feel like i was watching a real person Hmm. what do you think is like marvel's end game with this character i mean like Overall, I know I don't know his contract, how long it lasts, but like, 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 what do you think is the end game? Like, to have multiple variants of him show up, or you know, like, like, what do you think they end off this Avengers movie with? I mean, I don't think they even know the end game. I think I think they just make a bunch of titles and reserve dates for releases, and they're scrambling to make it up as they go along. So. They just have the movies and the shows in place, and they just rearrange the order and the and the time the mm-hmm. time releases again. But um, I think the failure of She Hulk and the success of um, Werewolf by Night has them reconfiguring again because uh, they're going in the toilet uh, fast. But um, all I know is this: they have the next two phases planned, five and six, and they're calling it the Multiversal Saga. The, and retroactively this phase phase four is now going to be part of the multiversal saga so it's like phases one two and three in retrospect were not called the infinity saga and they're calling this one the multiversal saga and it's gonna end with two avengers movies one of them god help us is written by um this guy i believe and the other one's written by another rick and morty um guy so um, I don't have much hopes on it, but and the reason why I'm not sure how to answer your question is because I don't think they've figured it out yet. I, at the end, the way to keep self-contradicting themselves, you can't even use the end of this to even speculate. Because at the end of this, what I gather from it, and Q and James, tell me if you agree, I gather that by killing him, they somehow reset the timeline in a way that he's going to be the last one but he's going to be reborn as Kang or something. So I'm thinking he's going to be the one to kind of the be all to end all, like like the ultimate of that guy. But there's still versions of him that they haven't used yet from the comics, like Immortus and Rama Tut and some other ones. And Marvel is not one to leave Easter eggs on the table. So I feel like those other variants at some point are gonna come into play especially in the final two movies so i don't i don't know it seemed to me like they were trying to say that kang is going to be the leveling up of this guy and he manipulated uh, the lokis into unleashing his final form but i do know there are still unexplored other versions of him from the comics that i can't see them resisting the temptation to to use so there's, there's one thing also that uh, one thing also that they kind of did in Loki. Um, where, remember where I talked about like the the most irritating part about 
phase four is watching these people break the canon even as they invent it. So with like, remember what I was saying with uh, with She-Hulk, like they were breaking the canon as they were making it up. And they did the same thing sort of like over the long term with Loki, which is that uh, you're introducing this multiversal world where you have these variant, these like these different versions of Loki's based on like the different timelines. But you also see that uh, there's um, different versions of Loki that look like different people, right? There's like, uh, there's the, the female Loki, but then there's also like the, um, the traditional Loki from the comics that had like the, the tights and the horn and everything. And it's like, yeah, sure. You're, you're bringing it up as a callback to make fun of Loki's original character design, but you've also got like the, uh, you know, the black Loki, the alligator Loki, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you're, you're establishing that different versions of Loki from different universes look differently. But then there's also um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where every version of Doctor Strange looks like uh, looks like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? So, like, occasionally you have variants that look exactly the same, and then you have variants that look completely different. So, which one is it supposed to be, and why is it that some of them? only ever encounter themselves looking like themselves. And then in Loki, they look like other people. And how do you even get different gender Lokis? Like, but on top of that, um, like how would time travel lead to a whole different gender of a Loki or an alligator Loki? Like what event in time has to be changed that makes Loki born an alligator? Like it just makes zero sense. Like, because they have two definitions of multiverse in MCU, interestingly enough, written by the same guy, so it makes no sense. But um, Loki seems to me to be saying that multiverses came about by time variants. So they're all all the multiverses come from one timeline that everything has kind of varied from, and by doing things different in the timeline or by time traveling, a branch thing comes out. So basically. By their definition, something happened in time that made Loki born an alligator. And something happened that made him the exact same person, uh, but somehow he's now a female. And I just do not understand how on earth uh, why you could change in a timeline. But in Doctor Strange, multiverse have nothing to do with with time travel. They're just, uh, they don't explain how they come about, but they have multiverses made of paint, whatever. So an alligator Loki or a female Loki works better in that, in these kind of spontaneously created alternate universes that came about in their... So, what I'm thinking is, are there multiple timelines which are different than multiple universes? And if so, that's super con- confusing. So, well, I, I mean, I, I, I could see... Loki has multiple timelines, but... I could see female Loki happening in, in terms of a different timeline, because, like, you know, like, uh, when a child is born, um, <laughs> male or female it just really depends on what was the uh it, it's basically just like check. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah it's it, true it's, it's yeah it's sort of a it's sort of a fluke of um of of like uh you know not only just like which from which a but like what was the chromosomal makeup etc so that i could see but like the loki that was like way older and wearing the traditional costumes like okay you, you brought that person in just to make fi- make fun of Loki's original costume design. 
Yes, that's what I was saying before. Like a lot of people thought it was a kind of nice homage, and I thought, no, it's not a homage one, at all. It's a, it's a this. The one thing that the one thing that the one thing I agree that, what you said about that Phase Four also looking? introduced. Go ahead. Um, and and this also started with one division was um, doing the uh, Brian Singer X Men version of well, what did you expect? Yellow spandex, which is the writers begin showing open contempt for the source yeah. material. And uh, I was talking about that before you came, and I was saying that they did do that in phase one in passing, but it was so infrequent, and the rest of the movie was so reverent, I let it, I let it slide. But in the first uh, Captain America, they had him come out in his uh, traditional costume, but they made it look like a Halloween dime store costume. Uh, you know when he's doing like the USO type show? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then he ends up, but that wasn't passing, and it was so infrequent. But now they do it all the time. And well, even, uh, even the fact that they had him doing that costume as part of the USO tour, that yeah, like in universe, it made sense. Yeah, right? it made sense. Like they, they weren't like, um, oh, what do you expect? Like a Star Spangled uniform? I said, no, like during the USO tour, like they would have had his costume um, be exaggerated for effect, especially because like if people are watching it from like, you know, like eight or nine rows back, um, the costume has to be like garish and loud for people to be able to see him from the back. So even though it's in a way like poking fun of it, it's still showing homage. Like in universe, it's still showing homage to the original costume. Whereas now it's just getting worse and worse where the writers just have an open contempt for the source material. And it's like their only way to generate buzz is to deliberately make fun of the source material. Yeah. I felt that way with the quote unquote homage in the, the She-Hulk finale of the Bill Bixby show where it's like they were technically paying homage, but you could tell they were kind of making fun of it too. Like the way they had them do the acting and everything. I've, I've mentioned this before. Like, like uh, I was like, okay, I had to relook at the old one. Cause I'm like, did Bill Bixby actually deliver the lines like that? Cause I'm pretty sure he didn't, you know, they had him acting like bad soap opera actors. And then I was like, no, like the acting was actually to me better <laughs> than what's happening in uh, She-Hulk for the most part. But what I was going to say with Sylvie,
Uh, black men oppress and, and terrorize us, so we have to do it, but they're doing it because they hate. It's like, okay, now you're just on some weird double standard thing. It's a, so that's to me, that's the part that, uh, in addition to like not caring what people do as long as they don't uh, badmouth black people, a lot of the blatant hypocrisy where they keep exposing that the people who are making these th- these uh, accusations like, will have white partners themselves. Or we'll give passes to like uh, black women or black queer people who have white partners and not mention it or blatantly make excuses if you do like call them on hypocrisy. That's the part that I that is a little annoying, annoying to me. Yeah. All right. T, I want thanks, man. I, I'm going to step down and let the other guys come up. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Much appreciated, James. Take care. Hey, Corn Pops, how's it going? Hey Q, is it still on the right side? The um, unmute button. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, sorry. It it does this. Uh, this is the first time I called in since it updated, so it, it gives like this prompt about like enable video and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay. Let me just try to figure this out real quick. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up um, just a couple of points. Um, I watched Loki back in like January, I think when I think it came on January 2021, whenever it dropped or later around that year. So there's not that much I remember. But one of the things that um, I did do prior to watching it was kind of like watch a little bit about like the TV, um, TVA and like the whole thing. Um, And I'm wondering, like, the plot holes that you brought up about the TVA, I'm wondering, like, if the writers actually thought enough of about of, like, kind of like the original comic book premise um like what little i watched people were saying that they're supposed to be incompetent so i'm wondering if this is just like bad writing and then kind of like you know running to the defense of like later on saying well uh you know well if it doesn't make any sense that's because it's not supposed to and they're like inconsistent in, in the comics so i mean you know if either you can kind of correct me on that i don't I never read the comics that have anything to do with the TVA, so I don't. I don't really. No, I just wanted to kind of hear your opinion on that. I know a lot about comics, but I stopped reading them at a certain time, so I wasn't reading comics regularly by the time the TVA. From what I understand, they appeared in a She-Hulk book that I heard was very good by this guy called Dan Slott, and it's um pretty uh raved about but from what i understand how it was written by him it's, these guys are like very different like the tva from what i understand oh shit no no wait i'm wrong i remember now walt simonson invented the tva in a uh, fantastic four but i didn't read it and then dan slot expanded on it but i didn't read that um either but they're kind of meant to be like a meta commentary on um continuity so what their job to do, as I understand it, was they would explain things that went wrong in Marvel continuity. Like, why did this happen in the old Marvel comic? And later on, it was contradicted by this. And it was kind of like a, a meta joke about obsessive fans and editors who have to make everything uh, make sense. So I think that's where the, um, you know, 
incompetence kind of came from. But I don't think it was so much incompetence, if I understand it, if I remember correctly. But I think it was more like uh, about a meta commentary on pedantry. But gotcha. these guys, I don't think, have that type of a sense of humor, or you know, uh, or whatever, or the level of knowledge to make the joke. As in, these people don't even understand. Like to pull off that joke, you have to understand the continuity and respect the continuity of the Marvel universe very well. Like you have to understand it almost encyclopedically to pull off the TVA correctly in the Marvel Comics universe because you use a lot of real life examples and use a lot of real like if I remember correctly, and I didn't read this myself. I read of it when I was researching for the show, but um, there used to be all these appearances of Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom would act different ways, and sometimes he would act very well. So that's he would get punked. And I think one of the things that the TVA found out was that um, about half of the appearances of Doctor Doom were actually Doctor Doom robots. And what happens is anytime that you think Doctor Doom was written badly or written like a punk or done something like weird, um, you can tell yourself, okay, that wasn't the real Doctor Doom. I'll let myself believe that was, that was a robot, you know? And they use all these examples of weird Doctor Doom appearances. And then it came, was this Doctor Doom in this story, or was it a robot? But they never tell you for sure which is which. And part of the game right. is that fans can, can play with it, you know? But these guys can, can't even understand the six episodes they wrote. Like, by the time they get to episode three, <laughs> they're contradicting episode one. Right. These guys are, cannot in any way write on the level of um, the whole Marvel Universe keeping track, you know, like... These are people that were just hired to do a job who, who I don't think really watch Marvel movies like that, who don't read the comic books. So they're, I think, just by nature of the limitations, both as just basic craft and basic ability to um, object constancy. You know, you know what they call like object constancy? These people don't have object constancy. They can hold the plot line in their head, uh, you know, more than five minutes. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I think yeah. it's a has problems with is that um, these guys are just unqualified on multiple levels to work with the concept. Because I kept seeing like that same defense, like with She-Hulk, like anytime somebody said, well, you know, they criticized the fourth wall breaks and, you know, and then, you know, just about how it'd be inconsistent and, you know, then, then, then all the defenders would be like, oh, well, it's actually part of They never so, read the comic. They read a they read a Collider article that gave them that defense that they could use against people, and they just repeated what they read in a Collider article. They never read the comics themselves either, because if they did, they would know. Because in in the uh, She Hulk comics, right, that with John Byrne had her breaking the fourth wall, what um, he does is it's always reverent to the Marvel universe forebears like Jack Kirby and and Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and the people who came before what he would do is a he would do a well-crafted story that made sense and story kind of broke apart or when he made a bad choice right so he wouldn't right. just write like a shitty story from beginning to end that made no sense and then to have She-Hulk break the wall at the end and just be like oh this makes wrote a good story like he showed basic 
craft levels. Uh, but then on top of that, at the very end, right, she would break the fourth wall when she'd be like, are you going to end it like this? Like, what are you doing? And she, he used it to make fun of himself, not to right. make fun of Jack Kirby, not to make fun of Stan Lee, not to make fun of the institution of um, comic books or say that superheroes are that he was working in. And he respected everyone who was the architect leading up to it and showed a reverence to it. And he took the piss out of himself. Whereas what happened with the She-Hulk and why these people are wrong, that's like the comic but themselves and to self-aggrandize themselves. So they break the fourth wall to make fun of fans for the expectations, to make fun of everyone who built this universe that's allowing them to get paid millions of dollars while being incompetent. They make fun of superheroes, they make fun of male characters, they make fun of people who created the characters, and they basically break the fourth wall to praise themselves and the choices that they made as writers. So... Yeah. It's totally different in spirit than what uh, John, Byrne, John Byrne was doing. It's, bl- it's blaming everyone else, uh, making fun of everyone else, and, and puffing yourself up n- narcissistically. It doesn't believe in anything right. bigger than the writer themselves. Right. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That... Yeah. 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 Like this whole like self-referential humor as far as like if somebody's named that or their powers. Like, for example, when I was watching uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, um, which I think is even worse in, in many in many ways than, um, uh, than Doctor Strange 2. But um, I haven't seen that. Of- but I heard that the, the multiverse rules there conflict with both both Doctor Strange 2 and this as well. Right. Yeah, it's oh goodness. It's let me see how I can. It doesn't. I have to even like remember that because I just kind of watched it in the background. But just the gist that I I I got from that. Um, oh goodness, what was? They just brought in different like villains and different individuals. When I think that they. Then it was weird because then they didn't bring in what's his name, uh, Topher Grace's uh, Venom. They oh, kind yeah, of that's true. Um, it, it, it there was a whole bunch of other things, and it's like it doesn't. None of the characters' motivations make any sense. Like Sandman, like why he would kind of join with the rest of the villains to like when he was kind of not really a villain in Spider-Man three. And then it's just the whole, um, it, yeah, it was. And then at the, at the way that they just kind of wipe his memory or any, and wipe the memories of everyone of Spider-Man. So it just kind of undoes and undoes everything. Um, but one of the main points that I, I, I kind of got from that was when, when you finally, when they finally uh, introduced Doc Ock and then, you know, he, he says, what is his name is? He's like Otto Octavius. And they all laugh and say, Oh, that's your name. And it's just, and it's like, well, okay, you know, you know, like, come on, like, you know, just take itself seriously. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so like, it's like disrespectful. And it's like, well, you're in the universe where 
at this point in time, I can maybe understand some of those like little jokes. I'm like, oh, like this is weird. Like that happens. I'm trying to think about in the earlier things, uh, earlier like Marvel movies. But like, okay, like when this is a new phenomenon with like all these superhumans, I can see people like saying that's weird. But you know, by the time that you're on, you're in a movie where people are popping in from different universes, and you know, half the people died. You know, and something else too, like Otto Octavius is not even that weird a name. Like if if you stop and think about it for a while, then you might think like, oh yeah, it might be weird that his na- he became an octopus and his name was Octavius. But if you just heard it like in passing, like Otto Octavius, it's not like the craziest name in the world. Like, no, it, it's like these people are so nervous that they actually make a big deal about things that I think normal people wouldn't. Like when that movie first came out. Of all the things people made fun of that movie for, like, I know, I know one thing people made fun of was that he could take punches from Spider-Man in his face, and he was yeah. fine. Uh, all the things people made fun of, no one made fun of that name. Uh, I'll talk about normies. Like, yeah. these people are defensive and nervous about stuff that, you know, if you just play it straight, people are fucking fine with it. It's, it's, so, it's like, so stupid. I, I, I hate, I hate no, that. No, no, yeah, no, nobody cares, and, like, I yeah. guess like example, not yeah. exactly. Like another example is in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier when that guy says his name, uh, Battlestar, and then Bucky's like, "Stop the car," you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, because Bucky is a much better name. Like, like who cares? Just, <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't like the name, then just don't use it. Don't make fun of it in the show or the movie, and then still use it anyway because all you've done is just undermine yourself, you know? And and I feel like it wasn't to the, the like the last things like it wasn't to the exact same extent, but in the second uh, Avengers movie, like when they're describing the powers of 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 um, Wanda and 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 her brother Pietro, like you know, I forgot what her name is. Describes like you know she gives this like really technical explanation, and then you know basically then she's I forgot the character's name. And she goes, yeah, well he's fast and she's weird. And it really did nothing to kind of like explain her powers. And then I, I just always took issue with that because in like how many movies later you're seeing her doing all these different things. And all of a sudden, like finally, like really um, um, WandaVision to kind of get like an explanation of her powers and what she really can and can't do in some ways. So it just that kind of like irked me. Like, just all right, just say, all right, she has mind powers and the teleconnect. Just say something like just. Yeah. And, and it was something else too. Like they were kind of ashamed of to me using the name Scarlet Witch. So you had like a decade of her just being called Wanda, and it's like yeah. they went to the Wanda Vision to finally officially call her the Scarlet Witch, and and they do it by making the Scarlet Witch an evil role. So now she can't even use it as a superhero name because the Scarlet Witch is meant to destroy the world. Why would she choose to call herself uh, that? movie as an avenger just choose the name scarlet witch like we didn't have any yeah. reason why natasha was called the black widow she just showed up one day and was like hey i'm the black widow they, they didn't just call her natasha for a bunch of episodes and then reveal like 10 years in um actually the ultimate spy from the red room <laughs> gets called the black widow and natasha's actually a black widow like just give her the name like who the fuck cares nobody's gonna yeah um give a damn like you know um no one's gonna gonna care so yeah that was another example in addition to her powers that they dragged out her getting that name for like over 10 years you know like it was just yeah uh, and it's just... 
bizarre to me. They make uh, a lot of bizarre choices. And you're right. I'm glad you pointed out Avengers 2 because it's easy to blame just Phase 4 for all this stuff. But some of this stuff, the seeds of it were planted by a lot of these Gen X writers in the earlier phases. And these kind of millennial and Gen Z writers are running with it. But the older writers aren't exactly uh, blameless. They they planted uh, some of these. thousands in the in the arts and they would fill the ultimate comics which were like modernized version of the silver age where they would have a silver age they would show a silver age concept and show the new updated version and make fun of like you know the original way it appeared so it's like um um johnny johnny storm says flame on to turn to the human torch and they just put that in the old Fantastic Four comics. They never explain how he knows how to say flame on or why he does it. Like, does he need to do it to turn on the flame? But they gave it an origin story in the Ultimate Fantastic Four. Oh, they kind of made fun of it. And it's like, okay, then just don't use flame on. Like, why are you going to put it? And the Fantastic Four had this car called the Fantastic Car. And it was a car that split into four segments. And... It just appears in one epi- one issue of the Fantastic Four, like an issue like three or four, and it, and the cover says, "Introducing the Fantastic Four's fabulous new vehicle, the Fantastic Car." Now these c- comics are made for like ten, eleven, twelve year old kids in the sixties. No one thinks these things are going to be around for like decades or whatever. They're not trying to pass some kind of smell test for jaded twenty uh, first century. Um, 40-year-olds, you know? So they just named it something that sounds cool to kids. So they are the ultimate Fantastic Four, and they have Reed Richards show the rest of the team the Fantastic Car. So he goes, hey, they're like, how are we going to get to Dr. Doom and fight him? That's what uh, the thing in the Human Torch say. And then Reed Richards goes, well, I have something. I invented it when I was a kid, and it could take us there. Um, And they're like, what's it called? He's like, well, don't make fun of me. I was a kid when I came up with it. And they're like, Phil, what is it? And I'm like, first of all, if he was really embarrassed of it, he just wouldn't tell them. He would just keep it to himself. He would say, oh, it doesn't have a name. Or he'd give it a cool new name now. But they haven't preemptively say, oh, I was a kid. I was stupid. And he goes, what is it? It's a fantastic car. And they have a whole panel of them laughing, howling at it. And then they're flying to fight Dr. Doom. And this panel after panel where they keep making these fantastic jokes like uh, fantastic dog, fantastic this, fantastic that. And they keep making these dumb fantastic car jokes. Uh, uh, Warren Ellis wrote this, right? And then at the end of it, they don't change the name. So I'm like, okay, what was the point? Like, if you're, never, if you're not going to change the name of the thing and you're going to keep calling it that going forward, why did you spend a whole issue making the audience think it's stupid, you know? Uh, what did yeah. you accomplish with this? If you're going to use a name anyway. Whereas if you didn't point that out, maybe your audience would have thought it was cool. I, I mean, like, just, just, just go with it. Like, yeah. if anything, yeah. you could always change it later on. Like, just, but, just but go with thing. it. They don't change it. That's what makes you most insane with them. Like, if you're so much better than Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, make a better name. But they don't even step up to the challenge. They just make fun of the thing. Yeah, and then just stick with it. So I'm like, okay, you can't even put your money where your mouth is. Like, you can give Otto Octavius a new name, come up with a new name for him. But these people don't. 
Right. They're just going to call their version Otto Octavius. <laughs> they don't have anything. Warren Ellis could have came up with a better name for the fantastic car, but he didn't. He just made fun of it and left it there. Because nothing, yeah. nothing these people make will last as long as the stuff they're making fun of. None of these people will ever make anything that makes anybody a billion dollars that they made out of whole cloth themselves. Because they have no, it, it seems they don't have any real, I don't know. They just don't have a, a real, it doesn't seem to be a real passion about anything other than like self-promotion. So yeah. in order to kind of come up with something different, you actually have to invest some of yourself into some of these characters, into an idea. And I mean, if you're just focused on building your career and building your name, you don't really care about anything else. And so, you know, we see what yeah. happens. And, and I think, you know, they're the biggest thing in anything they do. Like they don't kind of subjugate themselves to anything. So the character is not bigger than them. The legacy is not bigger than them. The company is not bigger than them. All these things came into their life at this exact moment to elevate them to the next level. Everything exists in service to them. Like I got a chance to write this character and to work for this company and, and do all this stuff. Um, it's not, I got a chance to write and do all this stuff so that I could add to a legacy. It's like this legacy is now getting the honor of elevating my career. Uh, you know, this, this legacy has earned me. I'm going to, um, you know, put this legacy in service of myself and people can look back on this legacy and think, wow, this legacy um, was where so-and-so made their name. And, you know, they'll think of me because, because they see it happen to other people. Like, like, for example, like uh, Frank Miller got so big that people think of Daredevil now as the thing that made Frank Miller, like Frank Miller became bigger than Daredevil, you know, um, or he being bigger than uh, Batman, and but he wasn't trying to do that. He was trying to write the best Batman and Daredevil stories that right. he could. He was just that talented that he actually started becoming bigger than the characters. Same with Alan Moore, but um, they had reverence and respect for those characters. They were actual fans. They just wrote so well that people um, started caring more about them even than the characters but these people they set out to be bigger than the character like, like they have actual no genuine interest or fandom in the character they just saw the result that people like frank miller and alan moore got and want to jump to that um result like they think of it as the goal not just an accidental byproduct of a job well done you know what i mean exactly exactly yeah. But uh, I'm going to go hop off, so you give the last two people a chance, and you guys can wrap up. But thanks for uh, taking my call. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. And um, we're at the two-hour mark, so um, I should have announced this before, but I want to end it with – I want to end it with Chris, with Lindsay Buckingham. Uh, so, so we – I want to end it. I see someone else. I see Kobe Kadapi. Um join the queue but you had already spoken twice and we're at the two hour mark so i want to end it with um yeah with chris yeah you could join us next time if you have a point that you want to carry over so chris you're going to be the last person uh no one else jump into the queue and yeah go ahead chris all right yeah you know the the app is very confusing when you when you get pulled up 
it brings you up another screen where it wants you to enable the yeah the camera it, 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 and the you get too yeah so was, and I, and then you have to x out of that and then you have to unmute again so it's 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 i think that's why everybody is like there's a lag on everybody yeah yeah that explains a lot because i'm i'm telling people to just hit unmute on the right but i wasn't aware that they changed the app like that so yeah it's it's like a bad design because 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 there is no way to be like you know like i enabled the the, the mic accept and then it goes away you have to hit you have to hit the x at the top and it's just i'm glad it's, you pointed it out because i've never used this app uh after the changes as like a as like a user so we, we can actually pass that on to the design team they don't always do it fast, but they do change things. Like, for example, after Q and I complained a couple of times, they finally took away the unmute button being next to the end room button, which was a, a nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's all. No. yeah, I just want to point really out. Like, it changes, even if you don't do it right away. Yeah, I just want to point that out because it is, it is very counterintuitive, and I think that's why everybody, me including, is, like, you know, on mute for a while. Oh, like, thanks so just, much. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing I wanted to say was that, you know, uh, I had never, you know, like I never really, um, I didn't read that much of the comics, but I, especially like, like the, uh, the Avengers, like MCU stuff. Like I read like some X-Men, you know, some image, but, um, the one thing I did read in preparation for these movies was I read the, uh, the Thanos quest and the infinity gauntlet. And I read those two. So, so then like, you know, so I was familiar with it when I went in to the movie and I read it like right before the movie. And like, when I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, you know, the, the comic is more interesting where, you know, where you follow Thanos and he's, you know, he's using his wits to get, uh, you know, to, to get the infinity uh, gems from the elders of the universe, I think they're called. And then, like, you know, and then when they fight him, you know, instead of, you know, because he has ultimate power, so there's no, there's no amount of punching that's going to stop him. So they have to trick him. And they, you know, and if I remember correctly, they trick him into, you know, becoming one with the universe and he leaves his body and then they just snatch the glove off his hand, you know, because he didn't realize that, you know, even though he has this power, the power is still derived from his physical, from a physical object on his physical mm -hmm. body. You know, um, and that's and that's like interesting, you know, and I think and I think that's one of the reasons why I liked I liked the the Doctor Strange movie where it ended with like him tricking the villain instead yeah. of punching the villain. Like, yeah. I like that. But, yeah, but yeah, because because Endgame was like a giant. You remember those old toy commercials when you were a kid and you watched Saturday morning cartoons or after school cartoons and it'd be like Transformers and they'd be like two or three kids and they would just mash the. Yeah. The toys together, like uh, Endgame was like a two hundred million dollar version of one of those commercials. Like it just felt like someone just took two sets of toys and just kept smashing them uh, together, which is much dumber than the um, version of the story that you described, where they actually have to trick him, and it's um, a little more philosophical. Yeah, and it just you know it made me think, and I, as I was talking to someone about at my job about Loki, and I was thinking like. You know, like, because cause Infinity Gauntlet being the one comic that I read, like, it made me feel like, I think these film adaptions, for them, a lot of times, are just never going to be as good as the source material, you know? 
and I, you know, and and like when I was on the listening to the caller, uh, callers, I started thinking about when I was in college and I first saw the Natural movie, and like the Natural was like you know a book I read in in high school, and at the end of the movie when like Robert Redford hits like like uh, like a home run, and then the movie ends, I was like what? <laughs> I was like that's that's the end of the movie? Like like there's still more, you know? I was like that doesn't happen. Like th- 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 yeah. that changes the entire book, you know? And I was like, yeah, like it seems like there's always been like just really crappy, you know, Hollywood uh, ad- adaptations of great works, and then we've always just had to deal with it. And yes. like, I think but, but now Hollywood, Hollywood can get it right sometimes. Yes. Somebody has to care. Like I remember, I watched, um, I watched American Psycho, and I had questions, and I was like, I should read the book so I can fill in the gaps and then i read the book and the book was almost note for note the movie and i said oh wow i'm so used to hollywood just butchering and truncating movies that didn't even occur to me that you know it might actually be an accurate representation in the book and and then i remember that was the first time i realized you know what it doesn't have to be this way like you actually can make a movie that's like note for note the book if you really challenge yourself to uh do it but i think that's by far the exception yeah i mean like you know there are things like clearly like the godfather or whatever you know things that are great you know adaption uh, adaptations but you know i like i just think uh, you know going into these things if you're familiar with source material you just you know you just kind of have to expect that you know it's going to be the movie version and the movie version sometimes is just not good and now we just now we're just on to comic books where there's, you know, we're pulling from a lot of source material, which is even, you know, a weirder thing to adapt because a novel is, is at least one story. You yeah. know, a comic book is 